0: Welcome to the Efficient Private Clients podcast, where we delve into the intricacies of the financial world and bring you our latest market and economic expertise. On this session, we discuss alternative assets further. I'm your host, Kyle Poppy, an investment specialist at Efficient Private Clients, and we're joined in studio by our regular portfolio manager, Renier van Last time, we began our conversation on alternative assets with private equity, discussing regulation changes that make it a little less private. And how the space is ultimately growing due to certain factors. In this episode, we expand our horizons to look at another alternative asset or more alternative assets. Firstly, we're looking at hedge funds. Now, there have been a lot of scary movies or perhaps even a few misconceptions on hedge funds. Unpack it a little bit for us. What are hedge funds and is it as scary as it looks? Yeah, so first of all I feel very privileged to be a
1: regular guest on your show Carl thanks thank you very <laughs> much and I think all of us have seen you know the big short or we've seen the series billions right so I really think it does work like that yeah. in real life, even so though really we aren't hedge way. fund managers. It always seems that way. Um, but what is interesting, Carl, is that some of the richest people in the world, uh, you know, some of the billionaires have built their wealth through their own hedge funds. I'm mm. referring here to Ray Dalio from Breachwater, uh, King Griffin from Citadel, and for example, Carl Icahn from Icahn Enterprises, so yes. there's a lot of money, you know, slushing around in this space. And, you know, Carl, hedge funds can basically be any strategy, mm. as long as it makes money for uh, the manager and for the client Mm -hmm. so just quickly on what a hedge fund is hedge funds can basically invest in a wide range range of assets like equities, fixed income, uh, derivatives, commodities and more. Uh, They basically aim to generate a positive return regardless of the overall market direction so they can go both long and short. So the short part is a a nice add-on. And if you just look at some of the most common strategies out there, there's long short, as I've just mentioned, there's arbitrage, uh, distress, securities, and my favorite, event-driven strategies. Okay. When When one comes company is about to take over another company for example now the Microsoft Activision yes you a yes. merger that's taking place that's also event driven Um, So another distinct uh, quality for me about hedge funds is the fee structure. So the fee structure of hedge funds typically involves two main components. Mm -hmm. Management fees, similar to what we charge our clients, and then a performance fee, which is also referred to as an incentive fee. Mm -hmm. Now, the performance fee is usually set at 20%, but it can basically vary anywhere from 10 to 30% or even higher in Mm -hmm. some cases. Um, And usually what these companies do is they make that performance fee subject to a high watermark, meaning that the fund must first recover any losses before the performance fee is charged then Mm. on new profits. makes sense. Yes. Then with regards to the scary part of your question, I think there's a misperception, you know, that hedge funds are a bit more risky than they actually are. A lot of times, they actually strip out the risk out of a portfolio, given that they can take a stance in the opposite direction Mm. to where the market is going to. And that essentially then reduces is the volatility yes. which is just another word for risk mm. you know in the portfolio another important thing to remember is that hedge funds um, that deploy long short strategies, okay. they're often more long than short. So they usually take long positions between 70 and 90% of the portfolio, and then short positions between 20 and 50% mm. of the portfolio. Now and again uh, a big short. A big short. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that must be a very convicted big short, right? So um, but but a possible risky element of everything can be the fees that are sometimes a little bit exorbitant and also investors must
0: have um, some time on hand if they invest in that. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I hope you, you're ready for this one. Okay. Another alternative asset <laughs> we've seen a lot of queries on over the last couple of years have been cryptocurrencies. We've seen a couple of high profile falters over the last year or two, and there are still large, or are there still large risks in the space? Uh, what should investors look out for? Yes, so there's been a
1: high, I think there's been a couple of high profile crashes, over the last a year. I mean, just in 2022, we saw FTX, we mm-hmm. saw Voyager, we saw Terra, and that happened in short succession. Yes, just after each other. Yes. And then this year, we saw Signature Bank going under because of their exposure to crypto assets. And unfortunately, we know if a platform or a bank that exchanges or holds your crypto assets goes bankrupt, there's a risk that you're also going to lose your capital, mm-hmm. like some investors have experienced for themselves. And, you know, then... There's also the risk that the exchange holding your investments, you know, can get hacked by criminals. We've also seen that, you know, over the last five, five years. Now, apart from the exchanges, uh, you know, if we look more towards the cryptocurrencies, Mm -hmm. you know, there's uh, basically one cryptocurrency that has withstood (laughs) <laughs> you know, the taste of time And I'm sure you can guess Which yeah. one I'm referring to The king of all cryptos And that's Bitcoin Now, just quickly A, a refresher on Bitcoin It's a digital currency Similar to pounds uh, or Basically, it is a currency uh, yes. Similar to pounds Or dollars Or euros You can use it To tra- transact You can pay for, th- for it with uh, for, for for things That we've seen now mm-hmm. You know, via, via E-commerce platforms Etc There's more uh, platforms nowadays That generally accept You mm-hmm. know, certain cryptos like for example, um, uh, Bitcoin, um, but but there's a big big differences, you know, b- between just cash and between uh, traditional money like pounds and euros, yes, yes. you know, that are, and that is that traditional uh, money uh, they're basically issued and maintained by governments or bank, you know, where banks, whereas. Bitcoin are ex- instead issued and maintained by a piece of technology, which mm-hmm. we refer to as blockchain. And this blockchain, in turn, is owned by the masses. Mm-hmm. So it's all about you know who manages and who owns you know the infrastructure thereof. So it is completely different. Um, it is decentralized. We've used this term as well in our past episodes, yeah. podcasts. At least until governments get hold of it. Yes, before regulations <laughs> steps in. That is that is very true. And that is also up until that point. You know there is a a certain type of person that likes you know cryptos because Mm -hmm. of that unregulated because of the the minimum involvement the privacy etc that's very well said um now when it comes to cryptos at efficient private clients we are much rather of the opinion that it's not an investment but it's much rather a medium of exchange so I must just emphasize we're not against crypto or opposed to it, we're just more interested in the underlying technology than we are in it as an investment. You know, we believe that there's larger companies out there, Visa, Mastercard, PayPal, that can do it a lot better than
0: us at the end of the day. Okay, that makes sense. Now, we've we've covered some of the uh, most well-known alternatives uh, apart from maybe art, collectibles Mm. and uh, real estate. How do efficient private clients incorporate these alternatives into our solution? So this
1: is a space that we're very um, excited about, you know, within our company as well. Over the last several years, I think the markets that we've gone through, where you have had a lot of volatility markets. Um, it's really uh, emphasised the need, you know, for a risk-managed solution. And we did a lot of work on this over the last several years. We looked at some of the larger universities out there, you know, the Yales, the Harvards. They have multi-decade returns that beat most fund managers out there. And we wondered, you know, how do they do that? And we delved a little bit deeper into the strategies. And what we saw is that they take traditional assets, like we've said now, cash equity bonds, and they complement that with alternative assets, mm. you know, such as the private equity, the hedge funds, etc. And over a very long period of time, on a risk-adjusted basis, they've been able to beat You know your traditional asset managers so we wanted to do that as well within the context of the volatility that we're experiencing in markets and just the markets that the the environment that we are heading into where you can possibly have higher interest rates higher inflation much more volatility and you know investors are looking for something different than just a peer equity portfolio so what we then did is um in an offshore capacity specifically we looked at instruments that we can utilize. We saw that they are exchange traded funds mm-hmm. that invest in uh, the multiple of themes you know, and asset classes. And we started to incorporate those instruments you know and those instruments they give us as I've mentioned access to the traditional assets but also then to the alternatives and then we what we did is we we backtested the data mm. we saw Very important. we wanted to see how did it perform during multiple cycles and what we did see is when there was large drawdowns in markets the portfolio held up a lot better You know, so uh, we are very excited about this space and investors can knock on our doors if they're interested.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's fair to say that we're not a private equity firm, nor are we a hedge fund, but we're definitely a strong alternative for our investments.